The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They're not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today on The Lab Report, C.J. Martin, founder and CEO of Invictus Fitness. And we're going to talk coaching and community. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to The Lab Report. I know you were watching the CrossFit Games this weekend. I was. What, what's your favorite event? Event? Mm-hmm. Probably Justin Medeiros' hair. <laughs> that qualifies, doesn't it? It does. Hello! Hey, Michael Chapman. Hi, Patty Devers. How are you today? I am doing great. How are you? I'm terrific. Thank you for asking. Welcome to The Lab Report. This is a podcast, by the way. It's brought mm-hmm. to you by Genova Diagnostics. It's kind of where we talk about things like functional medicine, specialty lab testing, integrative therapeutics, and, uh, you know, some other things, CrossFit. Yeah. If you're new to the show, welcome. And if you're returning, thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate you. Maybe go to iTunes or Spotify. Maybe hit the subscribe button. Mm-hmm. Rate, review, download. Share this with all of your friends. Yeah. No, to be honest um, and and not sarcastic, I think the the part where they're doing the kayak, the swim and the kayak was really fun to oh, watch. Yeah? Um, my, fa- know, my favorite so- is that event where they carry the sandbag thing. I don't know what it's called. I think that's called the sandbag carry. Oh. But uh, they did these Absolutely cool things like pig flips. They haven't done that, I guess, since 2015. <laughs> cool. Um, that was kind of interesting. There's Fun. several things. Like, it's just amazing to see. It's like, okay, you're going to do this thing, and that's going to make you really tired. And then you're going to do this thing, and you're going to be even more tired. And then mm-hmm. you're going to do it like 10 other times. Well, I will it's say. Just, it's absolutely insane what these is. people can do. The fittest people on the planet. And when you watch the CrossFit Games, even watching the live stream, all you see is this sea of green, as they call it which represents all the teams and all the people that come from the CrossFit Invictus world. And today we happen to have the founder of that. Yeah, CJ Martin, CEO of Invictus Fitness and um, all around pretty amazing individual. Right. So without further ado, I mean, this is a great conversation. I'm super excited. I'm excited too. So let's just go ahead and play. So, Michael. I know. Invictus is in the house. I know. It's crazy. We, we have CJ Martin here. And for those of you who don't know, CJ Martin is the founder and CEO of Invictus Fitness. He's a level four CrossFit instructor, USA weightlifting coach, and former member of the CrossFit headquarters training team. He has coached more than 60 individuals and dozens of masters athletes to the CrossFit Games. He has also coached Team Invictus to the CrossFit Games for 11 consecutive years. He has worked with athletes around the world through online coaching and program design since 2009, expanding to multiple locations around the country and creating a thriving online community that has helped thousands of people achieve their goals. After graduating first from Portland State University and then magna cum laude from the University of San Diego Law School, CJ enjoyed five years as a successful litigator at Pillsbury Winthrop Shaw Pittman LLP before dedicating his full attention to CrossFit Invictus. In in addition to his extensive coaching, CJ is also co-founder of Kids Helping Kids, a nonprofit organization that has raised over $10 million for neonatal intensive care in pediatric units, throughout Oregon. Awesome. And with that, welcome to the show, CJ. Thank you so CJ. much for being here. 
Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, so let's talk about this career leap, right? So how <laughs> does a successful securities fraud and complex commercial litigation lawyer walk away to create a CrossFit powerhouse, CrossFit Invictus? So tell us a little bit about that journey and how upset were your parents? <laughs> Yeah, actually, that's that is a primary component of the story, right? <laughs> um, of course, anybody you know making that leap might might expect a, a cooler head to prevail and talk them out of it. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll come back to it. But yeah, so my um, my upbringing kind of informs a little bit of of all of that, which is that um, we grew up very. Uh, you know, there were six of us in a 900 square foot house. My wow. parents worked wow. really hard. Wow. Um, and uh, we, you know, we very much had this idea that community had to be foremost. So we had to make a positive impact on our community. And so just growing up, um, to be honest, I had never met a lawyer. I'd never met a judge. I had never met anybody <laughs> kind of in the field. Um, but I had met a lot of great people and uh, doing different community service type things. And uh I ended up going to law school mostly because I wanted a challenge. I played baseball in high school and college and uh, was, you know, fighting in Taekwondo and really gave sports my whole focus. Mm -hmm. Always did well in school, but I had never really tried and applied myself. And mm -hmm. so uh, I got out of college and I went to work for a member of Congress for a year. And then I said, well, I should probably go try at school and what would be rigorous. I couldn't get into med school because I didn't have any science classes. I was a sociology major. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, law school, let's take a crack at it. So <laughs> went to law school, um, did, did very well. Um, you know, get, you get these job offers, which were astonishing, right? Because I'm looking, I'm like, I'm going to make more in my first year of working than my, you know, parents ever did combined. Right, <laughs> right, right. Day. And, uh, and so, yeah, I took the job and then, uh, you know, you get into it and you realize like, well, this is awesome. Intellectually stimulating, had great cases, work in securities, fraud litigation, really cool stuff. But, um, honestly it was just for me, it was like, what is my impact? What is, what is my eulogy going to read as, mm -hmm. and, you know, defended fortune 500 companies and securities fraud litigation, <laughs> wow. just yeah. really light my fire. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I had kind of, I've, I had stumbled upon CrossFit at the time, you know, I was always athletic, uh, growing up, uh, but never a gym rat, you know, boxing and Taekwondo is all, you know, you need to be, you know, fast and you need to have good flexibility. And so mm -hmm. CrossFit really resonated with me because I was like, it's kind of like a, a sport. It's a competition with yourself each day. It's not standing in front of the mirror flexing. Um, and so I'd kind of stumbled into it and I said, you know what? I feel like I make a bigger impact in the gym helping people than I do, you know, hmm. charging 600 bucks an hour mm -hmm. as, a, as a lawyer. Right. And um, so for me, it was really just about this idea of like, I think I can do more for my community through this avenue than I can as a lawyer. And um, so then, you know, of course, was having these feelings for a while, testing it out finally went to my parents thinking, well, surely they will talk me out of this. It's <laughs> choice. The other, the other component that we can't forget is this was at the end of 2008, which oh, in, anybody following wow. the economy or living yes. through those times, right. Was, it was kind of the bottom of the, uh, uh of that kind of recession. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so jump, you know, saying, Hey, I'm going to leave this very secure, <laughs> 
uh, world of law and uh, open my own gym business, you know, when <laughs> the economy is tanked, I thought surely they'll they'll be smarter than me. And uh, you know, sure enough, I went to them and they said, "We think this is such a great idea. We just want you to, you know, do what you're loving and make a positive impact on those around you." And, um, so they were 100% supportive. <laughs> And I kind of said, well, shoot, I guess we're doing this now. Yeah. Yeah. So brave, too. Brave I mean, and noble. It was yeah. like a good leap. Yeah. It's just incredible. It's yeah. incredible. Well, we know that you founded CrossFit Invictus, Invictus Fitness. The name Invictus comes from the poem by William Ernest Henley, which we will link to in the show notes. What about that poem inspired you and shapes what you do? Oh, man. It, it, it is absolutely, um, it's a super powerful poem. I, I learned the poem from my grandfather, who was a oh. World War II Marine. Mm-hmm. He was in the South Pacific in the 4th Infantry Division of the Marine Corps, and um, they took a ton of losses. And, and he learned that as they would go into landings, I, I guess a lot of guys would recite the Invictus poem. And, hmm. um, so I learned it that way, but I don't think I truly understood it, you know, as a younger man. And, mm-hmm. um, and then you start to read it, and I think what really resonated with me is when you read these, the words and, you know, ending with, you know, I'm the master of my fate, I'm the captain of my soul, hmm. it's this amp up. And so when I was young, I would think about that, like going into a fight for Taekwondo or boxing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it would get me all fired up. <laughs> and it was only when I was older and reading more about Henley, when you realize this wasn't his amp up pre-event, right, right manifesto, hmm. this was his manifesto after laying in a hospital bed for more than two years, trying to save his remaining leg from tuberculosis of the bone. And so once I put that in context, I'm like, that's even more important. Mm -hmm. We can all be heroes. We can all get amped up. We can all be confident before it really hits the fan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's what you do after the hard stuff, you know, lets into you that really defines character. Um, and so that was really what, what our mission was all about is that, yeah, we are using fitness as our medium, but what we hope to accomplish in our gyms and in our online programs is helping people learn something about themselves and their character and helping develop character by, you know, constantly conquering small obstacles and building a pattern of momentum that even though something seems impossible, we can get there by chipping away and keep moving forward. Excellent. That's awesome. Aww. That's such a great philosophy. I, I, I love that. And how it empowers people, you know, I, to change gears a little bit, we just had the 2021 CrossFit games recently finished. Um, and your affiliate gym and the sea of green has been a perennial favorite there. Uh, talk a little bit about the 11th consecutive games appearance and, uh, your reaction to it and everything that you guys accomplished there. Yeah, yeah. I think this was number twelve for us. Actually, wow. um, we missed. We missed. You know, two thousand twenty. There was no team. Event. Right, right, um, right. But but otherwise, yeah, we've been there every single year, which is um, certainly we're proud of. And uh, I think that this year was really unique because you know we just talked about the Invictus poem. We got to really live that. Um, We've we've gone into games often as a you know podium contender front runner, mm-hmm. and uh, and we didn't say anything leading up. But this games was going to be really different for us because one of our team members 
who absolutely embodies our principles. She's 42 years old. She's still competing with the young kids. Um, And she broke her hand uh, at our qualifying event at the West Coast Classic six weeks Mm. before the CrossFit Games. Mm. And so um, she actually competed uh, half of the events at at the West Coast Classic with a broken hand and did some incredible things like, you know, almost getting to her PR clean and jerk with a a displaced fracture of her hand. and you know we had to we had to really talk after um, she got back, got her X-rays. You know, it's a, a pretty severe break, and we had to figure out what do we do here. You know, and is it even worth going? Do we send in an alternate? And you know, she she was so dedicated to her teammates. She's like, if I can do it, I'll do it. I want to make sure they have this experience to go to the CrossFit Games, and her teammates were equally as dedicated to her, saying like we don't want to be out there with anybody else if she thinks she can do it. Oh. So mm-hmm. for six weeks, she couldn't train, you know, yeah. most wow. of the movements that oh involve any kind of upper body. Mm-hmm. You know, she was able to do a little squatting and, you know, she kept moving and running and stuff like that. But, you know, she wasn't able to train. And um, while maybe most of the world didn't know, we kind of knew, hey, we're going to go in to prove that this is about giving our full effort, executing the best of our ability, but also kind of knowing, you know, a podium spot probably isn't within grasp Mm -hmm. this year, given the circumstances. Um, And I have to say, even though it's, you know, probably our worst placement at the CrossFit games in in the history of Invictus, Mm -hmm. I'm super proud of them. And and they did everything that we set out to accomplish. Um, And just the toughness and commitment to our teammates that Jen Ryan showed I think is is unbelievable. So I'm super proud as a coach. Awesome. And you're right. Talk about embodying that spirit. That's great. But in the past year, I mean, you you alluded to this, that there was no team games last year. But with the pandemic, many gyms actually were closed and some are still occasionally locked down. How does community make a difference in fitness? And does any of that get lost with online coaching? Oh, man. Yeah. The last year was absolutely crazy. Um, We were certainly one of those gyms that were we were locked out entirely for 90 days. And then I think in 54 weeks, we were only indoors for eight weeks of the the year. So we did get to do some outdoor fitness. But, you know, you touched on the, the most important thing that we do is not necessarily the fitness. I, you know, I don't care about the size of somebody's biceps. I care that they have a community around them, that they have the education needed to make their health and fitness a priority. I care that they have the support needed to keep moving forward and and get checked out on things that are outside of our scope and that they have the encouragement of their friends and coaches to make sure that they keep moving forward. And, um, you know, that really showed for us in the midst of COVID and um, when we're seeing kind of the hardships of other gyms and other certainly restaurants is that our group, even online on Zoom, kept showing up. And even those that didn't show up for workouts would show up. You know, we'd do a Friday night kind of happy hour mm-hmm. type thing uh-huh. and just jump on and hang out. And they were showing up for that. And um, you just realize that so much of what we do is also just to create connection and happiness, which is, you know, their their mental health has to go hand in hand with physical health and so um that's been amazing it was amazing for our gym community but honestly it's what separates our online communities from a lot of other online programs is that 
we don't just post workouts. Mm -hmm. um, we actually fully moderate every forum um, so that our people get to know the other members of the community. Our, I'll use our master's community as an example. Right? You have people all over the world. And when they post their results, like, or if somebody asks a question, before our coaches can even get to it, which is normally in like, you know, well under an hour, there will be like five other responses from people <laughs> like, oh, hey, welcome to the community. Aww. I had that question myself when I started and here's how I go about Aww. it. Right? Mm -hmm. And so um, we've really been able to create that same feel that we have inside our gyms in our online communities just by cultivating conversation, you know, making sure that people feel supported and comfortable in the group. We don't tolerate you know, anybody talking down to somebody else or, you know, being overly competitive with somebody on their results. Um, we've just tried to create the exact environment. And our, our motto has always been, you know, to try to lift everybody. And that that's means that everybody has a place and everybody has the respect, whether they're chasing a goal to be a world champion or just chasing a goal to get their first pull up. Right? Yeah. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter we all try to acknowledge like, Hey, we're all here for self-improvement and the best way to get that is to support each other. So great. Yeah. So great. I, I, it makes me wonder too, you know, you were obviously raised with so much like a, of community, the importance of community being center. Uh, and you know, it's sort of shaped even your professional transitions. And so I, I think about, you know, in our space, like integrative functional medicine community approaches to medicine and, and health information is also, you know, something that I think is super important, especially in the wake of what happened this last year where communities were really kind of shattered and difficult to maintain. So like, what have you learned as far as what helps create and foster a really healthy community and a close knit community? Like how for maybe clinicians, doctors out there who are trying to do a little bit more community medicine, what are some of the things that they need to know that brings people together, I guess? Yeah. That's a great question. I would say number one for me is authenticity, mm -hmm. right? That um, people ask all the time, like how we created what we created in Victus. And I can't ever tell you, we never had a business plan. Like <laughs> we never had a business plan. We never had, all we had was a genuine care for the people that were in front of us. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're that authentic in your mission and that clear on what you're trying to do, I mean, and honestly, the sports side of CrossFit, it wasn't really a sport when we started, mm -hmm. right? We just were helping coach people. And, you know, I kind of mentioned we've always had three pillars and it was education, support and encouragement. And that started with, you know, we, we had a weight management clinic. It was called it was for people that have 50 or more pounds to lose. And um, and that kind of sprung from that. But then we had these competitive athletes coming and we're like, you know what they need? They need education, support, and encouragement. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's just been the exact same playbook, but done with genuine care about the results, not a plan to say, oh, how can we throw this artificial, you know, we're going to do, I, I hear people say, oh, we do community gatherings. Like, well, that's cool. We could do that every Friday night too. Um, but really like, does that get you anywhere if the feeling and the understanding of respect and trust isn't there? Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's always been our foundation is that, um, we've, our, we've been blessed. Our coaching staff genuinely cares about the people. They genuinely care about their craft. They genuinely want to help people. And that has to be the primary objective. Excellent. That's perfect. Excellent. That's perfect. Well, when it comes to coaching too, as kind of a, a, a 
an, an approach to helping people with behavior change because I mean we deal with this in, in integrative medicine too. It's like at the end of the day, we're just trying to get people to understand why they do what they do and how to change their behavior. So like how much of it is the emotional and motivational aspect versus the teaching of the exercise? And where do you start? Like, what kind of questions do you use to get to the core of somebody's... Of their why. Yeah, of their why and where they're mm -hmm. stuck. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no, I think, I, I mean, I'd say 80 to 85% of it is, you know, in understanding the human, right? The teaching of movement and all of that is fairly easy most of the time right. um, we have some outliers, but, um, but, but most of the time, right. It's understanding why somebody's there, what they want to get out of their, their, that training session, their, you know, whole plan. Um, and I think it comes down to conversation and we do, you know, even at our gyms, we do a consultation before we do anything. We're not teaching them how to work out. We're not assessing physical movement. We're just trying to understand them. Mm -hmm. Like what, what do they want to accomplish? And then most importantly, as you alluded to is like, why, what is their why behind this? Because if we don't know what's motivating them to come do hard stuff, mm -hmm. it's going to be really hard to keep them on track. <laughs> keep right? them doing do hard stuff. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, we just always want to know and get to know them and, and kind of ask those second and third why questions right it's like oh, okay yeah i want to get in shape for a wedding but why right oh, like yeah. what's what's really underlying all of that and just trying to understand their motivation and uh and what they really want because a lot of times especially you know since the sports side of crossfit exploded you'll get a lot of people that think oh i want to be a crossfit athlete right mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. you start digging in and they have no idea why they don't know <laughs> you know, what they're going to do when they get there. Um, and sometimes, you know, we've had tough conversations where you know, people have families, kids, careers, and they want to spend four hours training so they can chase this goal. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, those, those are some tough conversations right. on like, Hey, let's talk about life priorities and where your core values are and whether or not this truly aligns. And so, um, you know, unfortunately, I think I've chased off some great athletes at times, but I think <laughs> I've, I've done it for the right reasons because I never wanted to see them sacrifice more important things uh, to chase down a goal that they may they might actually achieve and regret. Well, yeah, that's I, I mean that. that's a statement to the true coach <laughs> that you are. So yeah, and it applies to health coaching too, where people have health goals and want to achieve them, and to get to that why is the coaching piece of it. So I love that. Yeah. But to shift gears a little bit, tell us the story of how and why you founded Kids Helping Kids. So what is it and where did that idea come from? Yeah, it's uh, it's actually a great story. I'll try to abbreviate it as much as possible. <laughs> but um, I was always, uh, let's say, a spirited child. Um, I had a lot of energy. I had a lot of uh, very uh, staunch beliefs and um one of those was just around equity and fairness. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a middle school uh, substitute teacher on a seventh grade trip who, um, you know, who basically stood in front of the or stood in the aisle of a school bus and told everybody that nobody was getting off until they picked up sunflower seeds. Well, I tried to gently tell him that those sunflower seeds had been there long before we had got on the bus. <laughs> right. And, um, it bristled me that he was using physical intimidation over seventh graders. Mm -hmm. So I proved him wrong and I jumped out of the window of a moving bus. <laughs> uh, and 
that wasn't okay, I was told by the principal of the school. Um, but she was an amazing person and essentially said, hey, you've got two options. You get expelled or I'm going to send you to this summer leadership camp and you're going to learn how to do something positive with your convictions. Wow. Um, and so I did that. I went to the summer and, and actually at the time I was like, I'll just be expelled. Like that's a camp for nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Not worth it. <laughs> and um, so I went to the camp. It was, you know, it was great. I, I met good people, but um, I came back and then she said, well, now you have to do something with it. And so at the time my, um, my nephews, uh, He's a cousin, but uh, my my cousin was raised with us, and um, he was in neonatal intensive care. He had just been mm. born, and he had some minor problems. And so I said, okay, well, I'm going to do this. Um, I'm going to raise some money for neonatal intensive care. And um, and so through the Children's Miracle Network, we set up this organization called Kids Helping Kids. And the first year, it was just we called it a mile a quarter. So we challenged all of like the classes at, at my middle school to you know create the longest line of quarters that they could. Um, and it was really fun event. Well, that's not as cool when you get to high school. So <laughs> I wanted to keep it going in high school. We changed it to, um, it was essentially a senior boy pageant, right? What? Where the, uh, all the senior girls would vote for the senior, uh, guys to represent the, the high school. And there would be 10 of these guys and they would do funny skits and, you know, they do karaoke and stuff like that. They do interview with their moms. And, mm -hmm. um, and it was just, a, it was a really cool thing um, for, for them. And I, what I would say is like, I think in most of the cool things I've done in my life, it's been the unintended consequences. Like our primary goal was to raise money for children's miracle network and these neonatal intensive care units. But what ended up happening through kids helping kids and giving some context to the timeline, like there were school shootings around that time in Columbine and even in my hometown, Eugene, Oregon, the Thurston shooting. Um, and so what you started to see was that when senior girls vote and everybody has an equal vote, you get a very diverse group of 10 young men to hmm. represent this school. Hmm. And those 10 guys, by virtue of spending a lot of time together, actually become really close. So guys that would never talk to each other from oh, these different I see what you mean. Yeah. groups mm -hmm. all of a sudden become very close and all these barriers get broken down where there is acceptance, even though they had never talked before. Yeah. And when you have the leaders of your high school communities, you know, becoming great friends with people that are out far outside their social group, it does have a ripple effect through the rest of the school. And so um, as much as I'm super proud to have been involved in starting kids, helping kids and seeing all the money that's been raised. And, and actually, you know, subsequently I've had a ton of my friends who have had kids go through the neonatal intensive cares that we've supported and all of that. But, um, but there's also this social element of like, man, we might've changed way more in the yeah. community mm. than the money that we provided could have changed for just the neonatal intensive care. Wow. wow. I'm just, I'm just glad you didn't take the expulsion and that you went to the nerd camp because it <laughs> yeah. seems to have served you. Me too. Me too. <laughs> As it turns out, adults do know something. <laughs> right. Um, and the other thing too, I mean, where this is, it's, 
your work is so incredible and so diverse. Like, where can the audience check out Invictus and s- learn more information about you and maybe sign up to work with you? Yeah. Um, so our website, just uh, CrossFitInvictus.com or InvictusFitness.com is great. Um, I'm not a social media guy. Like, <laughs> I try. Sometimes you'll get a lot of uh, cute pictures of my kids maybe once in a while i'll come up with a deep thought but i really actually dislike it i love being around people um and i feel like it's a such a a shaded weird uh view of people on on social media so i I wouldn't say social media but i would say you can always find me you can find me at cj at crossfitinvictus.com I do a pr- I try to answer most things. I can't say I do a great job, but I try to get to most things. Um, and uh, yeah, but but following everything that Invictus Fitness does on our website is uh, is probably the best place. Awesome. Perfect. Awesome. Well, CJ, we can't thank you enough for spending time with us on this show. A gentleman and a scholar. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And a philosopher, you yes. know. Yeah. Um, but with that, we do have one last question before we let you go. That's a little well, off topic that I'm going to kick to Michael. Yeah, it's a dumb question. We call it the fireball, and it's meant to catch you off guard and <laughs> singe your eyebrows because it's so intense. And the question <laughs> is, what do you have a favorite wild animal? I do. It is the river otter. What? I love it. What? Yeah. These things are so awesome. They are very relational. They play all day long. Um, and they're actually kind of badasses if they have to <laughs> protect themselves and others. So um, I love the river otter. Talk about Invictus right there. <laughs> there we go. The river otter. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know. It's, it's not that tough. Like, I should have gone honey badger or yeah. something. Like that. I like river otters. It's a great answer. Well, CJ Martin, we can't thank you enough for spending time. We're going to encourage the audience to check everything you guys have going on over there at CrossFitInvictus.com. And again, thank you so much for your time, sir. Awesome. Thank you both. I appreciate it. You know, he's really inspiring. And it leads me to, to say he's what will happen if you have a singular vision and you just follow your passion in life. Yeah, and I think it's that type of singular vision mm-hmm. that will make someone a CrossFit superhero. Mm-hmm. That and hair like Justin Madero's, but... <laughs> yeah, he's all in. Next time on The Lab Report, Dr. Tom O'Brien. We're finally going to hit the topic of gluten. I'm going to bring a bagel. <gasps> You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. It goes without saying that Tia Toomey mm-hmm. is... Incredible. She's in the fittest woman on this planet. I mean, what is beyond a that? She's the, crazy, man. She's not only. I mean, she dominates <sighs> almost every single event. She's amazing. That CrossFit comes up with. They just have to start making up newer and harder events. For she's her. not even competing with everyone else. She's I know. Just competing with CrossFit to Can say, you imagine? "Can you guys come up with an event? Make that this harder, stops please." Me. Right.